You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Welcome. You are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am so excited to introduce to you guys today's host, Tracy Maxfield. She is a registered nurse with 37 years of experience. Now, we're going to talk about that, Tracy, but I want to keep introducing you. I, I'm um, anybody who's I've I, as a teacher and also going through school with a lot of different nurses, uh, that care and that giving. I just, 37 years, I completely honor that. So that number alone, I just didn't want to skip over that as a, as such a feat. Um, but born in the UK and then moving to Canada in 87, Tracy is now um, traveling the US and really sharing a valuable lesson and really wants to reinforce that life will get better when you truly believe. And so Tracy, thank you so much for being here. I would love to ask you to share what took you to the places that you You've lived and traveled? Well, um, let's begin at the beginning, shall we? <laughs> um, I grew up in an extremely dysfunctional and abusive family and so endured quite significant abuse, primarily emotional, verbal abuse all my life. Um, at the age of two, I always wanted to be a nurse. At the age of five, I wanted to come to, to America and live in the USA. And so I think throughout the abuse, those were the two goals. Even though I was very young, I had these goals and I kept working towards them. And then after I qualified as a nurse in, back in Wales in the United Kingdom, I decided to come to Canada. And so I arrived in 1987. So since then, always have worked as a nurse in various areas, specifically gerontology, palliative care and dementia care moved around most of Western Canada, and that was with my now ex, but my then husband. And um, I would say uh, the organization that I, that was my last employer, I worked with for actually 14 years. And um, around 2011, I was um, offered a new position as a team leader, very stressful position in the hospital. And it was that time that I started to encounter workplace bullying. And my bully was a superior and it kind of continued until it, it hit its stride, I would say in 2015, it got so bad um, that my health started to suffer. And it culminated August 20th, 2015, with me experiencing a massive nervous breakdown or an impressive episode falling down the rabbit hole. Um, took me a while to 
get out of that. The worst episode of depression I've ever had, um, suicide attempts, constant suicide ideation. And about a year in to therapy, um, when I finally started to see the possibility of a chink of light, my psychologist suggested, why don't you start putting some of your thoughts and feelings um, into a blog post because every time I would go, I would say, you know, people don't believe that I'm depressed. They look at me and they say, oh no, you look fine. And, and these were even healthcare professionals. And it was very, very challenging to try and, you know, convince them, no, you don't understand. Like my brain is shattered. And so they, he said, you know, put it in a blog, invite them to read it and just express yourself. And so it took me a few weeks because I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to expose myself, <laughs> you know, for everyone to read. Um, but I did, I've put up my first blog post and immediately I got such positive feedback. And so it propelled from there every week. I would continue my blog posts, eventually going back to the incident that led up to the rabbit hole, my first suicide attempt. And every time I would get feedback, you know, saying I, we didn't realize, even as doctors, that this is what depression is really like. And also, you know, you should put this in a book. It was always the end of, you should put this in a book. And I didn't really think about it until 2017, when I had the opportunity to connect with um, a lady that had published her own books and I contacted her and said, you know, everyone's telling me my blog should become a book. Um, if you take a look at it, can you give me an honest answer? And she said, sure. So I sent my blog posts to her and three hours later, she contacted me and said, I've got an editor. And so I want to pause you right there because it's so amazing the way that when you just like opened up, it kind of opened the floodgates. Yes. Yes. And before you knew it, you had written a book. Exactly. And I mean, it still feels surreal, even to this day. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so uh, the book was released last April 2018. And um, I think it was within about three weeks, I was actually invited to go to a school to talk to some teenagers. And the real reason why I was asked was to talk to an English class to discuss how they can use their emotions and describe them using, you know, images from nature to help them write better essays. Uh, because throughout the book, you know, my brain, I compared it to an erupting volcano and things like that. And so when I went in, I had taken in my book, there's lots of illustrations and I'd had them enlarged for the book release party. So I decided to take them and I had eight of them and I displayed them behind me. And immediately um, the tone in the room changed. It was full of 15 year olds and I could hear them saying, that's what I feel like. Oh my goodness, that's what my mom says she feels like. And there was a lot of chatter about what the diagram showed. And basically the diagrams, you can go to my website, they're all on there, but they're black and white, very simple figures. And it conveys an emotion when words are not necessary. So it's like a stick figure um, running away from a huge dark black cloud and two hands are stretching out from the cl cloud to grab oh, the wow. figure. 
And it says, how are you feeling? And the words are not good as it's trying to escape the black cloud. And I started to talk about my book. And when they immediately started raising their hands, it wasn't to talk about descriptive adjectives or anything like that. It was, how did you know you had depression? What did you do when you wanted to kill yourself? My mother has depression. How can I help her? And so for the next hour, it was just talking to the kids about bullying and suicide and mental illness and how they were feeling and what they could do. And I think it really surprised the teacher because there was such articulate, very intelligent, caring questions. And at the end of it, she kind of came to me and apologized and said, I didn't think this is what the class was going to be about. And I said, no, it shows that they know it's an issue and they want to look, you know, learn more. And then two weeks later, they invited me back for their all day human library, which is kind of like career day. And you sit at a table and the students would have signed up ahead of time to spend 30 minutes talking with you. And so I arrived um, 11 through 15. First group sat down at 830 I was there as, and the sign on the table said, Tracy Maxfield, publisher, author. And so I started talking about how to write a book. And you know what kids are like, they're all looking at each other, like, what's she talking about? And (laughs) I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? So I paused and I said, you all seem a little confused. Um, Can I ask why you signed up at my table? And finally, one girl plucked up the courage and she said, we heard about you from English class. You're the lady that escaped the rabbit hole and we want you to tell us how you did it. Uh, And so it began every 30 minutes, anywhere from six to 12 kids sat down for eight hours. And it was all about mental illness, bullying, suicide. What could they do? Where should they go? Who can help them? How can they help their friend? And at the end of the session, as I was getting ready for the next session, somebody would stay behind and want to talk to me privately. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm on this journey is two specific kids that came and confided in me. First one was a 15-year-old girl, stunningly beautiful, long red hair, leant forward and asked me where she could get my book. And I said, well, why don't I actually give you a copy and I'll sign it. And as I'm signing it, she whispers in my ear, I just come home from hospital after my second suicide attempt. Mm -hmm. And proceeded to lift up her arms and show me all the cutting that she had done as well. And I thought, 15, two suicide attempts? That's like... You can't even fathom it. And then towards the end of the day, um, a 13-year-old boy, he didn't participate in the group. He looked very uncomfortable and was very isolated from the others. And he stood at the end of the room and he came up to me and he was very, very embarrassed, stammering and stuttering and said, can I talk to you? And I said, of course you can. How can I help? And he fell into my shoulder, sobbing his heart out, And he said to me, I've been in the rabbit hole for seven years. When will I escape? Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Because my heart is bursting over here. (laughs) 
I just, the, uh, I just want to pause to acknowledge you for what you're doing just, and, and I want you to go on, but I'm so moved because I've been as gifted to get to do that work and talk to kids and it is pure magic. It and is. So I just, it's, I acknowledge you. Yeah. Keep going. No, and as I said, I mean, I, I took him aside and spoke to him privately for 20 minutes because he was in such distress. And all the time there was a teacher and the counselor were kind of walking around us. They were kind of like the raptors from Jurassic Park. You know? <laughs> and neither of them came and intervened. And he didn't want to go and see them. He wanted to talk to me. So when he'd come down and I, I'd had a chat and explained some things and he was, he felt much brighter and he, he thanked me and he went off to the next class. I went in, I finished my day and as I'm getting up to go, the school counselor came in, plonked herself down at the table and said, you know, that wasn't your job. You, we didn't ask you to come here to talk to the students and counsel them. That's not your job. That's mine. And I said, I didn't come here to counsel. They asked me questions. I offered them support and pointed them in the direction where to go. And she said, well, that one, meaning the 13-year-old boy, he's got so mm. many problems. He's a lost cause. Don't waste your time on him. And that was it. Yeah. I, I was so furious. <laughs> I mean, and she's the school counselor, and he's a lost cause at 13. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my goodness. That's why he wouldn't come to see you because I offered to take him and he, and he said, I don't like her. I don't want to talk to her. And she was actually quite bullying and threatening with me. And so we, there were words said because I told her that I was not impressed with the way she even conducted herself around the kids and then the way she invalidated, you know, mm. their, their real emotions, their pain. Yeah. And I drove home. And I was crying my eyes out because I had ended up having 63 kids come and talk to me and tell me what was going on in their lives. And it's like, when did this happen? When did kids lose their ability to just be a child and to just enjoy life and grow up? And I came home and I thought, oh, this is just an anomaly. This is only this school. It cannot possibly be happening elsewhere. And of course, I start doing my research and I'm like, oh my God, mm. this is a global problem. I mean, yes. And I was talking to a doctor friend and I explained what had happened and all the kids had come and confided in me. And he turned around and he said, and that's your purpose. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. said, what do you mean? And he said, you thought that you would just go around and talk about what happened to you in your book. And he said, <laughs> and he said, no, it's not. He said, 63 kids came and opened up to you and they don't even know you. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, that's your purpose. Um, yeah. I got, I'd love to pause you right there for just a second. Cause you know, we think we got it all figured out. huh? <laughs> and then, and then we're just called to higher ground and, and I, I would like to ask you if you experienced the, well, the, I'm like, I'm not ready for all that, or I didn't, I didn't sign up for all that. But if there was any of that experience, like, cause you are being called bigger, higher and, and to be the, the 
oh, the fullest leader that you are. And so we think we're playing big when we aim for our dreams, but then it's like, nah, bigger, nah, bigger. What sort of things did you face in being called higher like that? Well, initially I said, no, it was about three weeks. I was like, no, 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 that's, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. And you know then how it goes, right? Every little thing that keeps coming back to you is pertaining to kids and teenagers (laughs) and suicide and mental illness. And of course, the kids that I had spoken to also were following me on social media. So they were also on Facebook. And I thought, hmm, let's see. And so I just started on social media posting um, images and facts. You know, did you know like 13 teenagers will die today in the USA? This 13 too many and just you know things like that and I got a lot of response from people going I didn't even know this was such a significant problem and then I got another other responses going oh it's just part of growing up it's their hormones they're overreacting they're attention seeking they'll get over it and I thought hell no you didn't sit in that room and listen to 63 stories of kids who are facing darkness and hopelessness. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, he's right. I'm going to be their voice. Because as soon as kids want to talk and want to shout out what's wrong, people immediately will push them down and say, what do you know? You're a kid, Mm. right? You're a child, you're a teenager. And I thought, no, you know what? I, I, I can talk. I got a big mouth. I won't shut up. Let's do that. You know, and and something else too is, of course, like I I love the, I've got something to say. I've got a big mouth. I can go on and on. But at the same time, your ears are just as open. Yes, yes. And that makes the difference because the people you're talking about, I, I taught for three years as well. And I was the PE and health teacher. And by the middle of my first year, I felt more like a counselor than a teacher. And it was simply because I related, I listened, I sat next to them as opposed to standing above them. Yes. And so I'm so, I'm so related to what you're sharing. And, and then also that you had these universal taps on the shoulder like, no, Tracy, this is your mission. This is what you're here for. It's time for you to accept it. And that you did. What sort of things did you have to give up? in order to walk the natural path that was presenting itself to you? So, well, and I wouldn't call it giving up. Um, When I finally escaped the rabbit hole, and I haven't fully escaped, I'm on parole. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you have depression, right, you can still have very bad days, and you can go there, except now, I know what, I recognize it for what it is, and I have the skill set and the tools to kind of keep moving forward. And also that actually helps propel me because when I'm feeling really bad and I'm like, I can't do anything. And then I think, oh God, Tracy, if you feel this bad and you're an adult, how the hell is a 14 year old kid going to try and figure it out? And that kind of, okay, no, 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 I've got to get with this and do it. Um, 
I decided after I started my first media appearances in um, Seattle and then down in Louisiana, I decided the only way it's going to work is if I make myself a commitment to actually go and do it. And also, since I've come up the rabbit hole, I'm changed. Things change when you've been facing death and darkness and you've, you've had to, you know, climb out. Um, you come out a very different person. I'd love to pause you and ask you to kind of describe the rabbit hole for the listeners, because I think it's pretty relatable and self-explanatory, but you know, you're talking about going to some of the deepest depths. And I think that you talking about it a little bit more is going to may speak to some of our listeners and where to go and what to do. So kind of like the students asked you, uh, we heard that you escaped the rabbit hole and we want you to tell us how you did it. And so, yes, I mean, the rabbit hole I was in was, it felt like a rabbit hole. It, and I say to, say to everyone, it felt earthy. It felt damp. It felt like there were and even rocks and twigs and roots sticking out it didn't feel smooth or symmetrical it felt felt like a very alien place and i was literally trapped i i couldn't even it was so dark i was so entrenched in like hopelessness and sadness and exhaustion and inert you felt inert and i i say i i existed i didn't live you don't live, you exist. You exist to make it through a minute, an hour, a day. And that's how my life was. In the first months or so, it was minute, minute to minute. Then it went to hour to hour. Then I finally got it day to day. And in my book, I relate, um, I had to personalize suicide because it was with me all the time. And so I called him DBS, death by suicide. And he would come quite unexpectedly. Like I, I likened him to sitting in a rocking chair in the corner of the rabbit hole. And sometimes he'd just be rocking silently, just waiting. And other times he would be over my head uh, on the bed, just pressing down on me, just do it, just do it, just do it, just end it, just end the pain. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is with depression becomes, tr because it's a whole brain body connection. There is such tremendous body pain. Like it's joint pain and muscle pain and feeling that you're encased in cement that you can't even walk properly. And, you know, there's no appetite and you can't sleep properly. And everything, like, I mean, cleaning my teeth takes me three to four minutes. It would take me 30 minutes to clean my teeth. And then, of course, you berate yourself because you're like, what's wrong with you? Come on, come on, girl. But you couldn't. And the first year was, was very difficult. And I would keep going to my psychologist saying, I'm never coming out of this. I'm never coming out of this. You've got to give me a date. I've got to have something to hold on to. And he said, I can't do that. Imagine your brain was a piece of glass and it's been broken into so many pieces and they're just coming back bit by bit, but they're coming, different bits are coming back. And he said, I think you need to reframe your approach and start existing in the moment and expressing gratitude. And I'd always journaled um, and I said, how can I express gratitude? I don't see anything. I just see darkness. 
and he said, express gratitude for hot water, a flushing toilet, that you have food on the table. And I thought, okay, fine. And so I did that for a couple of weeks. And then it almost became like a routine. There's not even any thought, right? And you're writing it down and I'm thinking, no, this can't be what gratitude is about. There's got to be more to it. And then one day I stepped outside and the snow had started to melt. And I looked down and a purple crocus had come through the snow. And of course, against the white, this purple was just an amazing color. And I looked at it and I thought, that is absolutely gorgeous. Just the color, the fact that new life is coming, spring is approaching. And it was like a little light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, oh my God, gratitude. You look at and you appreciate the things that give you that moment of joy, that life continues, but there's also hope. And that changed my thinking because then I started to understand what being in the moment, living for the day was. It wasn't, am I going to be better tomorrow? It was, I have today, let's do the best I can. And then we'll face tomorrow. And that also took the pressure off me of, come on, come on, come on, you come on, you got to be well in a month, a week. And as you know, for those who express gratitude and, and are mindful, it gives you a different perspective because it does take the pressure off you and relaxes you. But also you start appreciating things as you even just as you scan the environment, which I think lots of people are so busy that they don't notice. And it would be the simple things and everything was nature. Right. You know, it would be two puppy dogs running on the beach. It would be a child just laughing like crazy horses in a meadow. Right. I used imagery in my book. I was sitting on my deck and a rainstorm had finished and a spider web was still intact in the tree branches. Mm. But all the, the raindrops were caught in the spider web and the sun came through and it looked like millions of little diamonds. And I just, I sat there for ages just looking at it because it showed the strength, the strength of nature, right? But also that, you know, the beauty. And I remember journaling it after going, I'll never see something like that again because webs change. And I just thought that was awesome. And it gives you time to pause, even when I'm driving home and I'll see the sun come out and reflect off the lake. And water's always given me peace. And I'll need to pull over and just appreciate that moment because you can't capture that moment again another day because it'll go, the sun will shine on a different part of the lake. Yeah. And I've explained this to kids and they're starting to understand it, how it does change your thinking. And it just makes, if it makes you smile, and you think that is just lovely. And I, I feel so proud and so blessed to have witnessed this. Then you understand what life's all about. And, <laughs> you know, and I do know. Hang on. <laughs> I have to pause you because I am. I, I, you know, I accidentally called you the host of the podcast in the beginning of the episode, but I literally feel like I'm listening to myself speak. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> you are so amazing. And I just want to 
pause you there because you just walked us through an entire journey of recovery from depression in, I want to say, 10 minutes. And I really just want to pause that there because you were able to simplify it in such a way. And where we get lost in the darkness is by complicating it. Yes, yes. It's so incredible the way you use the imagery of nature, the way you did with the students, the way it brought you through the tunnel, and how powerful simplicity can be. And being so present to the miracle of life and the phenomenon that it is. And it changes you because then you, yeah. you start understanding what values are the most important and it's kindness and it's respect and understanding and compassion. And also acknowledging that when you see a person, you cannot judge that person. You have no idea what horrors are going on in their life. And uh, you know, I say on my Skype, I have a little mantra and it's sprinkle kindness everywhere. Kindness is free, it costs nothing do it. It makes you feel good. It's kind of like paying it forward, which then brings me to after I had done um, Louisiana and Seattle, I thought I have to, what, so what are you going to do now, Tracy? You know, this is what you want to do. People are reaching out, people get it. How do you want to really get this message out? And because the United States, even though I live in Canada, the United States had actually been the most open and invited me down to radio and podcasts and TV. And so I thought, hmm, what if I just open myself up and commit to one year of going anywhere? They want me, wherever they want me, I'll go. I'll pay for it myself, I'll go and I'll talk and I'll see if I can impact anyone's life. And so I decided to sell my home. So I sold my home. As I was cleaning up, I thought, I don't really need this because it, as I said, it's hard to explain. It changes you. And you realize you go for simplicity. You don't go for money and you don't go for materialistic items. And I donated so much to charity. I just gave stuff away and I put the rest in a storage container and here I am. And so I, I just started traveling and I'd be, so I went to Florida, I went to their teachers conference, I gave a presentation, I went back to Louisiana, um, Kansas, I've been to Texas, um, and tomorrow I'm actually leaving again for Kansas. Um, I have a book signing and a radio show on Saturday, and we also have the state legislator and the mayor who's doing a proclamation uh, because Wichita has a very high suicide rate amongst teenage boys. And mm. so we're going to talk about that and what we can do to help empower our kids. Then I go up to, then I go up to Toronto um, for three weeks. And then I come back down to Ohio because my book is um, one of the top 10 finalists in the Author Academy Awards. And so the award ceremony oh. is in Ohio. <laughs> so I'm back on the road again. <laughs> Congratulations. That's so amazing. And I love hearing that you're getting that message out there and that people are really seeing you 
as the, an authority in this and someone who can really make a difference and an impact. And so if people do want to follow your journey, where can they go to follow you, um, meet you, anything can make a connection? So, I mean, the easiest way, obviously, is to go to my website, www.tracymaxfield.com. On there, there's all the links to all the social media, and I post every day. And they can follow my journey there. Um, I also have a weekly blog post and a YouTube video that comes out every Monday, and I discuss in detail um, a different type of mental illness that happens in children and teenagers. Um, actually, starting this Monday, because it's Bullying Prevention Awareness Month, October, I'm doing a series of five videos and articles all about bullying. Wonderful. Um, to help. And they can contact me via my, my webpage. There's an email. And listen to all my interviews, all my podcasts, my TV interviews, my radio shows, what's coming up next is all listed. It's kind of one-stop shopping. And there's Perfect. a bit about my book. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Love it. Well, be sure to visit tracymaxfield.com. And Tracy, as we begin to wrap up, what would you love to say to somebody who was really moved by to, really touched by today's uh, conversation, someone who is in the rabbit hole, what's some, something you'd love to leave them with? Oh my goodness. What I'd like to leave them with is you may think that you're never going to get out of this. And I can assure you, you can and you will. And I think what you, uh, I, hopefully you are getting supports and you're followed by a physician and you have counseling. What I urge you to do, if you don't already, is start writing down your thoughts or even painting them or writing music or poetry. It's very cathartic and it allows you to start understanding, but also give yourself a break. Um, unfortunately, with depression, we are our own worst enemy. And the voices in the head can be extremely nasty. This is our own voice and we can be a bad person. And you must believe, you absolutely, there is, you must believe it will get better. If you were really, really struggling, I urge you to go and see a psychiatrist or your doctor. Absolutely. Um, because even if you're on one medication, there are other options. There are even other options aside from medication. Yeah. Um, Anti-inflammatory diet, probiotics, proven yeah. to be extremely helpful. And so it's thinking to yourself, and I say it in my book, do I want to fight this battle and win the war or do I want to surrender? And it's, God damn it, I'm going to fight. You have a purpose. You have a gift, and when you come out of this darkness, you will be a different person, but you'll be a better person. It's difficult to explain, but everyone that has been through something like this comes out very, very different because you have a new perspective on life. So I yeah. say, please reach out, talk to somebody. If you say, there's no one I can talk to, there are 1-800-SUICIDE-HEARTLINE care lines, drop me an email through my website. I will respond. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to say there, if you ever, if anyone listening to this ever thinks that they're alone, there are 
100% certainly two, at least two women in this world who are ready to hear what you got going on. <laughs> and that's what I say to kids. It's you are not alone. You're, and what I say to parents is take 40 seconds out of your life right now. Go and see your kid. Go up to them. Hug them. Squeeze their arm. Touch their hand. You know their limits with body, right? body connection. Some kids are like, oh, don't. And I want you to tell them how proud you are of them, how much you love them, and that you'll do anything for them. Because showing them by buying them an iPhone is not the same as actually saying to them, you drive me crazy. I hate your hair, but I love you to bits and I'll do anything for you. <laughs> I love it. I love and, it. And that would, could mean the difference between them doing something very risky and very bad and actually sitting back and thinking, you know what? I thought they didn't love me, but yes, they do. And they'll push you away and they'll say, get out of here. What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, I said, but when you walk away, I guarantee you they're going to smile to themselves and they're going to feel something right there. It gives you mm -hmm. that warm glow because we all want to be loved and we all yeah. want to be wanted. And so yeah. you, have to, you have to start telling your kids that more because they're not hearing it. Everyone is too busy and handing them a new toy does not constitute the spoken word of, my God, I am so proud of you. Even when I'm angry, I, I'm, I still love you to bits. Yeah, I think that's that. Yeah, I think that's such great advice for parents, obviously, but we as as adults in the world can do that for any children, oh, as you shared. And, and absolutely. So, yeah. Any when a child reaches out to an adult, that's a gift because it means they trust you. Kids are, I mean, as they get older, they're not very trusted, and teenagers certainly are. They need to know first before they open up. But right. when they do, you have no idea what a gift it is. Right. And, and and that's well, and that's something to I love telling people who are listening that they are a gift just exactly the way that they are. There's no becoming, there's no, you know, getting a certification in anything. You are a gift by being so, by being you. And so hearts, thank you guys so much for tuning into this interview, into listening to Tracy and what she's doing for the world. And thank you for opening up your heart and sharing Tracy. It's been such a pleasure to have you. Thank, thank you. you for being the impact that you are in the world. It's amazing. And so you guys be sure to visit tracymaxfield.com, connect with her on social media. If you loved her message today invite her into your space invite her into your school into your children's school um share that message because together we we are better together especially 100%. when we realize i love what you said about we're all love we all want to be love we all want to give love and so you guys go be the love that you are thank you for tuning into the hearts unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.